0: All right, what's up y'all? Welcome back to the pod. Um today I'm finally I'll finally do the the what's next for every team video. Um I had long said that I was going to do it and then just didn't end up doing it. Um I wanted to talk about the second round. I just didn't double upload on Friday like I said I was going to for whatever reason because I'm lazy. Whatever. Regardless, this is happening. Um, the Nuggets just lost Game Four. Jokic got ejected. That game was gonna be over, regardless of whether or not Jokic got ejected. And um, some of these series are starting to look like we know who's gonna win them. Outside of Jazz, Clippers, and Bucks, Nets, I can pretty confidently say that the Sixers are gonna win in five or six games, and I can pretty confidently. I mean I can fully confidently say that the Suns are going to win because they did. So with the Nuggets getting eliminated, they will be in the part two to what's next for these teams. But we're just going to start out um with the Wizards. We'll start with the 8 seed in the East, the Washington Wizards. And the Wizards are an interesting case for me because I've seen a lot of reports of teams wanting to trade for Bradley Beal. Um teams like like I saw one today about the Heat trying to deal for Bradley Beal and it's like, well first of all, what the hell are you giving up? Cuz I'm not taking Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal, you can go fuck yourself on that. Like, hell no. That's such a drop off. Tyler Hero will never, ever, ever be, ever close to what Bradley Beal is right now. So, I don't know what the Heat would offer. I don't know what they can offer because at that point, I want both Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and Precious Achuya. Like, I would want those three guys. And I still don't know if I'm taking that deal. But I also think it's highly unlikely that the Wizards trade Bradley Beal this offseason. Why would they? They just dealt for Russell Westbrook. They gave up, uh, what, a couple first-round picks for him. And uh, on top of that, I mean, they didn't have Thomas Bryant at all, right? The second half of the season, the Wizards were really fucking good. I was really scared they were going to beat us in the play-in tournament, honestly. And more importantly, the Wizards just needed time with Russ to get it figured out. Daniel Gafford played amazing in the second half of the season once him and Russ got some chemistry together and once Daniel, once Gafford got there. But the loss of Thomas Bryant early in the year, because he tore his ACL like a month into the season maybe, I think it was something like that. That loss was huge. Their defense was atrocious. You know, If I'm the Wizards, I don't know how much cap space they have. I would assume they don't have a ton of cap space because of Russ's contract and because of Brad's contract, but I would look into finding some defense for this team. Because if you can find defensive wings for this team... They could be a six or a seven seed. Yeah, hell yeah. But it's just, it's difficult with this Wizards team because at the end of the day, the Sixers are going to be power players. The Bucks are going to be power players. The Nets are going to be power players. The Hawks should still be good. We're going to talk about the Knicks. I'm a little skeptical of the Knicks. The Heat should still be good. The Celtics are still going to be good. Like, that's seven teams right there. That is seven teams right there that will probably be better than them. So... There's also the avenue, and when we talk about the Trailblazers, I'll talk about this. Blow it up while your players still have value, right? One of the criticisms of um, the Bulls after their second three-peat was that they, quote, blew it up too early. I don't necessarily agree with that. I thought that the way that fuck, what's his name, dude? The fat one from The Last Dance, Jerry Reinstorm. The way that Jerry—no, that's the owner, right? Shit, hold on. No, I need to look this up. Hold on. So I get this right. This is totally... Yeah, he's the owner. Bulls in GM 90s. Jerry Krause. All right, Jerry Krause. So he got a lot of shit because right after um, the Bulls' second three-peat and Jordan retired, he completely... Or, well, everyone knew that like... The team was going to get dismantled they knew it was the last dance you know he blew it up and he traded away everybody they cut Dennis Rodman they cut they cut a lot of players that still had value but he like traded away Pippen he traded away a bunch of pieces really quickly and I don't necessarily disagree with that I think you should blow it up when your players still have high value he determined that they should blow up the core because they wouldn't have a lot of years of high value left and I agree with that right with this Wizards team how many more years of high production are you going to get out of Russell Westbrook Two, maybe three. His body has already given up on him to an extent. He's a very injury prone player. He plays a very aggressive style that once once he fully his body fully deteriorates, he's useless. He can't shoot. He's a good playmaker, but at the end of the day, like Russell Westbrook's game is based off of athleticism. You can't really trade him right now because of his contract, but you could try to get some sort of value for him. It's gonna be pennies on the dollar, but again, I'm gonna talk about this more with the Blazers. I think that you... You go one of two ways. You stay okay with the fact that you're an eight seed. With the fact that there are seven teams in the East that will probably be better than you. Or... You... Say fuck it and blow it up. I don't think they're going to blow it up. I think this time next year when they're an eight seed again. Or maybe they get knocked out in the plane or something happens. Then they're going to blow it up. Maybe we see the Wizards blow it up at the trade deadline like the Magic did this year. I don't know. But... I just I don't see Bradley Beal moving this summer, and I think that the, the Wizards have a potential to make a second run at the 8th seed. But at the end of the day, I didn't even name the Pacers, too. At the end of the day, there are 7-8 to eight teams in the East that are going to be as good, if not better, than the Wizards. So that's a question that you have as a lower seed. What the hell are you going to do? Next up, we'll talk about the Celtics, the 7th seed. I made an entire podcast talking about the Celtics. It's my team. Basically, what I want to see is... Um, new personnel I would love to see what our head coach will be um and overall I kind of just want to see change I want to see change because this season was terrible Tatum kind of was just carrying second half of the season I'd also like to see health you know the the Celtics really got screwed this year by health and safety protocols injuries in general Marcus missed time um Kemba was in and out of the lineup you know overall I mean Jalen got hurt right before the playoffs like I want to see um, health bless the Celtics this year. We're seeing the same thing with the Nets right now. They're just getting screwed. Next up is the Heat. The Heat are an interesting case because I talked about this before, and I think it was Legend of Winning. Either Legend of Winning or Rusty, Buck- Rusty Buckets um, made a video saying they either that the Heat either need to trade Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, and they need to figure it the fuck out. Because at the end of the day, they got killed this postseason. They got destroyed. They're just not the same team at all. Jay Crowder was clearly a big loss, and Trevor Ariza can't replace that. But at the end of the day, you the Heat are in a weird purgatory where they're trying to develop a young core while also uh, managing an old core, an older core. Right? They're trying to raise Duncan Robinson and Tyler here on Bam Bayo while also managing Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler. Now they will have a max spot open, and depending on how the Clippers. Go out this year, maybe, maybe not. They um, are able to go after Kawhi. I've I've said this before that Kawhi is stupid as hell if he stays in LA. I don't care if they win a championship. To choose Paul George as your number two option for your career is so stupid because he just clear. He has a problem in the playoffs. He does, and unless he slays those demons this year against Utah and plays amazing in the NBA Finals when the biggest spotlight is on him, I am not trusting Paul George with my career. So. I think even if the Clippers won a title this year, I think Kawhi's stupid as hell if he stays. We'll see, though. The Heat are not as of an attractive as a free agency destination, though. Last offseason would have been perfect for them to sign a max contract player. And we have to look at what's happening with Victor Oladipo, too, because at the end of the day, Vio turned down a lot of money from Houston. Vo wanted to be in Miami, and then he got hurt. He didn't play amazing in Miami the few games that he was there and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that max contract spot because dragic they front paid dragic so they pay dragic a lot of year a lot of money this year so that he can sign for less money now they like gave him his bag last year or for last season and then they're going to sign him for a lot less this year and they're going to have cap space they're going to be players in the free agency like they normally are it's going to be interesting to see what the heat go with too because you could trade Tyler Hero for some pieces like if the Blazers decided to blow it up I would take Tyler Hero for CJ McCollum hell yeah I'm not taking Tyler Hero for fucking Damian Lillard I'm taking Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard but you know we could see we could see the Heat make some big moves this year and truly contend for a championship do I think it's smart yes and no I personally don't think it's smart for any team right now to go all in because the Nets exist you're not beating this Nets team no team in the east is beating a healthy Nets team there's a huge asterisk next to this conference semis right now between the Bucks and the Nets. And overall, I think that it's kind of stupid for you to go all in. Like, I'm fine with the Celtics laying low for the next three seasons. And then when Tatum is 29, we go out and we fuck shit up in free agency or we fuck shit up with a trade like we did in 08. And we go win a championship. After this Nets team is done, though. After they're done. You know what I'm saying? We'll see, though. We will see because... The Heat the heat can go several different directions. They can trade Jimmy and blow it up and then just raise a young core. Or they can decide to trade Tyler Hero and go all in right now. It would be interesting to see. The problem for the Heat, though, in my opinion, the biggest problem, they're not going to be able to keep Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson, some team is going to throw him a fucking bag. I'd be okay if the Celtics did. I would love Duncan Robinson on the Celtics. Eh, defensive liability. I don't know about that. But regardless, the Heat are probably the most interesting case out of the East so far I would also consider the Knicks pretty interesting because like with the Wizards and the Celtics you can kind of guess the direction that they're going I have no clue what the Heat are going to do there's also a good possibility that he'd do nothing and that would be interesting but next <coughs> sorry sorry <laughs> Um, next up is the Knicks the Knicks are interesting to me because the way that they lost this year in the playoffs was basically Trey Young Right, the Sixers have exposed this, where if Trey Young has a bad game this the Hawks are not winning if Trey Young does not have you know at least like twenty eight and ten the Hawks are not winning that night, and the Knicks got beat by Trey Young pretty much single handedly um let me pull up basketball offense to see what he averaged in that series because he was just he was ridiculous, and at the end of the day like I'm not saying that Trey Young is easy to stop by any means because he's not. You know, he's, he's very, very good playoffs per game. No, these count. Can I do it per series? No, I'll go to game logs, career playoffs. Okay. But like, Jesus Christ. So in the, in the wins, Trey Young had 32 and 10, 21 and 14, 27 and nine and 36 and nine. Even in the loss, he had 30-7, and 10, or 30 and 7, but he had five turnovers. Regardless, um, the point I'm trying to make is that the Knicks basically got beat by one guy. You know, Trey Young just kind of fucked them up that series, which is weird because the Knicks have wing defenders. They have Reggie Bullock. They have other guys, but the thing with the Knicks is that we saw this a couple years ago when the Blazers made their run to the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. The Warriors did not cover Mo Harkless or Al Farouk Aminu in that series in terms of three point shooting. Those guys were statistically 40% three point shooters, but they said, that's fraudulent. We're going to make you actually beat us from three. And Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless couldn't do it. They could not do it. They were breaking that entire series. And that contributed to why Portland lost. Obviously, they got swept by one of the greatest teams we've ever seen, so it's not really their fault, but it's one of the reasons why Portland went out so lame. This happened with the Knicks. R.J. Barrett, nah. That's a fraudulent, you know, 30-whatever percent from three. We're going to make you shoot. And then Julius Randle just didn't know what to do. Like, I have to eat that take about John Collins being a bad defender simply because Julius Randle got clamped by him. Like, it's it's really just sad to see... This Knicks team go out the way they did. And is still a second year player. I still think he's going to be one of the best players out of that draft class. I think he'll end up being third best. But, I mean, from three, he shot a total of um, 5, 10, 28. Oh my God, that can't be right. He shot eight for 28 from three. Oh my God, what percent is that in the series? He shot 28% from three in that series, right? Game one, he shot 16%. Game two, he shot 40%. Game three, he shot 20%. Then he shot 33% the last two games. Like the the Hawks quite literally said, beat us with a three-pointer. RJ couldn't do it. There was one game where he shot over 50% from the field. Like RJ was just terrible. And if we look at Julius Randle too, Julius Randle was just like... I was waiting for Julius Randle to have a good game in this series, and this is the problem with the Knicks, right? This is the problem with having a team that is very, like, communally based, right? I mean, Julius Randle had 15, 15, 14, 23, and 23, which isn't, like, disgustingly terrible, but when you're an all-star man, you need to do more than that. Oh my god, there was not a game where he shot 40% from the field. He did not shoot 40% from the field at all in this series. Oh my god, Julius Randle. I mean, I think Legend of Winning said it, that it was the worst performance by an All-Star he's ever seen. That might be true. That might be true. And overall, this Knicks team is scary to me because this could have just been a fucking fluke season. You know what I'm saying? The same way the, the... I don't know. What's what's an example of a fluke season from a team? I mean, I can think of like Western Conference Finals runs, like the Nuggets last year, um, the Blazers a couple of years ago, like I said, the Celtics the year that Tatum was a rookie. Like, there is examples of fluke years where a team gets hot and just goes on some shit. But I don't know if I know a fluke year where a team is really good in the regular season, kind of fizzled out in the playoffs, and then we're shit after that. I mean, you could say like the 2015 Hawks. But I don't know if that's necessarily... I don't know if that's a good comp. But what I think is that this Knicks team could come out next year and just fall completely flat on their face. They could just go back to being the, the 11th seed or something like that. You know? I don't know. Will will that happen? I don't know. It, it, I think a lot of it depends on Derrick Rose staying. I think you pick up the team option on Julius Randle this year in hopes to attract a free agent. If that doesn't work, do you give Julius Randle max money next year? We'll see we'll see because right now he's worth it he may have struggled in the playoffs but this was really his first big playoff series so i'm not going to hold it too much against him i am i I think the knicks are a very interesting case though next up in the western conference we have the grizzlies it's an easy one man just fucking develop the encore develop trey j develop jaw develop brennan clark develop dylan brooks Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep Valanchunas around. I don't know if they have any money. I don't know what their cap situation is like. I don't know if they're going to trade for anything. But overall, I think the Grizzlies should taper their expectations in the sense of like, wait, wait don't go all in too early i understand jaw is on a rookie deal and that's a great time to go all in when your star player is getting paid is getting severely underpaid but you need to wait right that's why the golden state warrior dynasty was so successful is because steph was criminally underpaid during his two his back-to-back mvp years because of the ankleage issues right they never signed him to a max off his rookie deal but that that is neither here nor there what I'm saying is don't rush the process I think the Celtics Celtics are a weird case I think they may have tried to rush the process a little bit like the constant we need to compete we need to compete we need to compete taper your expectations it's okay if the Grizzlies are a 7 or an 8 seed the next 3 years because eventually they will be a high seed in the West and they will be a power player in the West just give it time patience is now needed with the Grizzlies the Lakers man I have no clue what the Lakers are going to do as a LeBron sexual I have no clue what I want them to do granted LeBron's never going to be the same he just didn't look like he cared in the playoffs which is fair like once once Anthony Davis went out we were like all right this series is over like the series is over Anthony Davis ain't there the series is over AD I'm not a huge fan of Anthony Davis personally um I think he's kind of a bitch I think that he has he has the potential to be the best player in the league but he just doesn't have the mentality to be the best player in the league. And that pisses me off. It pisses me off when a player has every tool in their book to be great, but they just don't care enough to be great. That's where I classify Anthony Davis. But regardless, the Lakers need something, but they don't have... They can't. They can't. They're probably going to decline. They're going to... I mean, is Trez going to walk? I don't know. They have a lot of cap tied up. And they don't have enough... They don't have anything right now they don't have cap space and they don't have valuable pieces most valuable two most valuable pieces on the team uh horton tucker and alex caruso are like two of the four guys that i would keep like i'm keeping kcp tht alex caruso and who else you know wesley matthews gave them some good tick maybe i'll keep wesley matthews out of the guys not named anthony davis or lebron james you know this Lakers team, I don't know, man. Rob Palenka is going to need to pull some shit out of his ass because this Lakers team is not, you know, they ain't it. They are not it right now. Rondo was a big loss. Rondo was a bigger loss than I think we all anticipated him to be. Um, next up is the Blazers. Now, I'm a huge proponent of the Blazers completely blowing up. Just blow it up. Just bl- this is the year to blow it up. Dame had 55. Dame had one of the greatest single-player performances I've ever seen in my life. And you lost the game. Blow it up. It's over. It's over. It seems like Dame's coming around to the idea of leaving Portland. It's over. Trade him to Philly for Ben Simmons when the Sixers inevitably lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because that's way more attractive of a team, in my opinion. And overall, I think the Blazers should sell while their guys still have value. CJ McCollum has been pretty injury-prone the last couple seasons. And... It's not like he's going to get much better. This team ha- has reached zenith, right? There, There isn't... We I thought that this was one of the best Blazers team that they've ever had in terms of on-paper stuff. But Nurkic couldn't stay healthy. Covington was not what I thought he was going to be. This team turned out to be very weak depth-wise, and I think you have to blow it up. Let Anthony Simons get some more minutes, and and it's over, man. It's over in Portland. Is, is the opinion I have. Now, if you want to run it back, you can run it back, but I think that's really stupid if you run it back. The Norman Powell trade looks terrible right now. It looks terrible. Because, A, I stand by the fact that Gary Trent is a better player than Norman Powell. Powell. B, D-Mills said this on Through the Wire. He said this months ago, and he reiterated it this um, in a recent episode where they were talking about the Blazers. Gary Trent is the perfect guy... That you have step up after you trade C.J. McCollum for a piece. Trade C.J. McCollum for somebody. You know, trade C.J. McCollum for shit. I don't I, I can't think of anything off the dome. But trade C.J. McCollum for a piece. A big. Someone defensively that's great. Anything. And you let Gary Trent step into that second scorer's role because he was a bucket, man. And he is a bucket. Gary Trent is a much better spot-up shooter. I think he's a better dribbler off, um, a creator off the dribble. And his offensive greatness outweighs Norman Powell's defensive abilities. Also, Gary Trent's 6'6". He can run small forward. Norman Powell's 6'4". Like, I understand it's only a two-inch difference, but that makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I I think that the Blazers look really stupid right now. Especially if Norman Powell walks in free agency, they're dumb as hell. Because Gary Trent Jr. is a restricted free agent. They could match that shit. You know? And the Blazers might get stuck in a bidding war. Granted, they have his bird rights, so they're allowed to go over the cap. But at the end of the day, I don't know, man. The, the, The Norman Powell trade does not look good. And I'm a huge proponent of just blowing it up. You know, Dame's only getting older. He's only going to have less years on his contract, and his contract is only going to get more expensive. Trade him now. Don't have foresight. You're not winning a fucking title, Portland. You're not doing anything. The Western Conference Finals that one year was your peak, okay? Just just live with that. Be satisfied with the memories that you created with Damian Lillard and let him go compete for a fucking championship. Because I want to see him hitting those shots in the finals. I don't want to see him hitting those shots in the first round in a losing effort. Yeah. Blow it up, Portland. Dallas. Last one of the of the podcast. I don't know. Dallas, at the end of the day... Because you're good enough to go. Good enough to go. Trade, trade us Kemba for Luka straight up. And I'm fine with that. But you just need to surround him with a secondary ball handler. Someone that can score and run the offense when he's not there. You know what would have been great for Dallas? Drew Holiday, man. You have Drew Holiday in this Clippers series, the Mavericks win it. You know, we're going to see it. We're seeing another situation of a young LeBron. A young LeBron where he was just carrying a team of scrubs and his supporting cast was not nearly as good as it needed to be. Right? If Dallas continues to do this, Luka will leave in free agency. Um... We'll see you, though. I don't think Mark Cuban's an idiot. And I think that they're going to work to surround him with a really good cast because they realize that they have lightning in a bottle here. They have arguably a top three player in this league. And he is, what, like 22 years old, 21 years old? He's very good at basketball. And Dallas, I think, will take advantage of the situation. Do they compete right now? Maybe. But I don't know. I think their main goal this offseason is just re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr., um, feel out Porzingis trades and see what you can do. If you can get, uh, if you can get some value back, I would be satisfied. But we'll see. Dallas, Dallas is probably in. A, it, Dallas is in a very good spot, you know. Um, in terms of the second round, I don't know, dude. I want Philly to win. I want Philly to beat Atlanta. I want Utah to beat the shit out of the Clippers. I'm happy that the Suns are in. Bucks Nets. It's sad, man. It's sad. The Nets deserved better. The Nets did deserve better. I'm not going to sit here and and act like I was crying when Kyrie Irving got hurt because at the end of the day, I want the Bucks to win this series. I am slightly slanted, but Jesus Christ, the Nets really could have used him today. <laughs> I was watching the game, and at certain points, I was like, you know who they could really use right now? Fucking Kyrie Irving. Like, I feel bad for the Nets. They deserved better than this. You know, we were supposed to... I Because I made a podcast about appreciating super teams and appreciating greatness while it's here. And it just sucked to see Kai go down. If the Bucks Now, depending on how long Kyrie Irving is out, I was I was thinking this today while I was watching the game. The Bucks have to win this game in six. Or this series in six. Do not go to seven games. Because if you go to seven games, A, there's a chance that Harden's back. B, there's a very good chance that Kyrie Irving is back. And C... I am not playing both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in a Game 7. Oh, fuck no. Especially Drew Holiday has been very questionable throughout this postseason. Overall, he's had a couple of good games, but not anything real special. Chris Middleton is a guy that's known to shy away from the moment. And Giannis is a guy that can flop sometimes in the playoffs. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving in a Game 7 is the scariest thing in the world. Outside of LeBron James, it's the scariest two players in the world that you have to fucking play. So the Bucs better win this in six and better pray to God that they don't have to go to Brooklyn for a game seven because they're not not—they're not coming home. They're not coming home. They have to win game five and they have to win game six. If the Bucs don't win out in this series, the series is over. I don't know, man. We'll see. I think this is going to be really interesting. And overall, second round is going to be nice. I'll probably combine my conference finals um, predictions and... Uh, what's next for the second round losers just because there's, you know, less teams, obviously. But, I mean, right now, if I could get the NBA Finals that I wanted, it would be Suns-Bucks and the Suns win in a very tight seven games. Chris Paul has an amazing Game 7. He wins Finals MVP and he gets his fucking ring. I will fall to my knees if that happens. Knock on some wood so that it actually does, but... I think it's going to wrap up this episode. If you like it, make sure to like it, subscribe, share it, fucking rate it five stars. I don't know, man. Tell your econ class about it. Let me know. Tweet at me. If you want me to talk about anything, it's just at the 3D Podcast, same thing. And um, thank you. Peace.